Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, we've got a great show in store for you. And uh, in over 10 years, this is the first time we've ever done this where we've given our guests the complete hour. But I'm very excited about today's show. And hey, we all need help in calling Elk. And Jermaine Hodge, a friend, great friend, is with us today. I actually met Jermaine uh, I believe in 2019, we were down in Colorado Springs doing a sports show down there, and he did an elk calling contest. And uh, uh, really, ha- we haven't crossed paths since, but last week, or two weeks ago, I guess now, we were down at the Outdoorsman Days, and he did a great elk calling seminar. And I just called him later and told him that was one of the best I'd ever heard, and invite him on the show. And uh, thankfully, he agreed to come and be with us today. So, you're going to hear very little from me today and a lot from Jermaine, but we're going to give him the hour. But first of all, Jermaine, great to have you on Sportsman of Colorado Radio. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I know a lot of people are itching to, to get out there, and uh, they probably are, are looking at some of their trail cameras and saying, like, man, he's there. I'm ready. Exactly. I'm ready. Well, hey, you know, man, I want to get you on, and we're going to try to spend some time, you know, um, uh, maybe in another segment here, because I want to take as much time as we can today and give you the time to call him. But um, give us just a couple of minutes of where where this journey kind of started for you with elk calling, and then uh, we'll get into some calling here in a minute. Yeah, you know, uh, what brought me to Colorado in the first place was being part of the Army, and then uh, and then I got the opportunity to uh, wrestle for a program called All Army Wrestling. And then once I made it through All Army, then I made the World Class Athlete Program. So that brought me to Colorado, kind of fast forward a little bit. And then, you know, of course, the mecca of elk hunting, Colorado, boasting one of the biggest herds in in the U.S. So um, why not, you know, try to get in and, and get a tag? So 2005, I didn't get a tag. And then 2006... Well, of course, I missed that draw season in 2005, and then 2006, I, you know, I drew a tag, and then I was like, hey, if I'm gonna go out here, I need to know everything that I could possibly know about elk hunting. So I was watching DVDs, trying to make these sounds, and of course, back then, I really wasn't good at diaphragms. I was, very, I don't know why, but I was pretty decent at an open read, and um, and then you know, Primos had that uh, easy you know, a little cap on it, little blue, yep, blue latex. Yeah, I know exactly which one. And I used that to locate the bulls, and, and I said, well, if, I can't use a diaphragm very good. I can make some cow sounds, but I would, you know, I went out there my first year in 2006 and, and ki- was successful with with the harvest in 2006, and then it just took off from that point and uh, been successful year in and year out. And then um took some buddies, and I said, man, I'm a, I want to share this journey with not just my wife and, and you know, future kids i want to share this with friends they got to hear sure. this this is crazy out here and um so i started inviting friends with me and then you know 2018 2017 some friends came out from north carolina and they were like man you are good dude you you sound just like the elk we don't know <laughs> if you're the elk or or you know if the if the elk had you know circled back behind us right. and 
you know, I said, well, you know, be, being out here in the woods enough to hear these elk and, and listening to them, try to mimic those sounds as much as possible. And then uh, 2019, a uh, good buddy of mine, Patrick Luttrell, um, he he kept pushing me to, hey, man, we need to compete. Hey, man, we need to compete. And I was like, I'm really not interested in doing that. And then uh, finally a little competition came up in Colorado Springs. I said, all right, man, we'll go do it. And when we did, I, he did, he didn't compete. He just pushed me to compete. And <laughs> and I went over there, and I guess it was probably, you know, it was very small. It was like seven contestants. And um, and I, I just did my best to, you know, sound like I would out in the woods. And I tripped up and won that competition. And then, you know, I was pushed even further. They was like, hey, man, you need to go further with this because you are very good. And then um, 2000, I mean, I guess it was uh, – April, May, it might have been May or something like that. I went to a regional, and um, sure enough, it was like 31 contestants, and I got my butt handed to me, and I was like, I'm not very, I'm not, I'm a very competitive person. Anything that <laughs> that I'm competing at, I'm trying to win, and uh, so, anyways, I, I think I placed like 15th out of 31 contestants, and it just kind of, was, I was like, wait till they see me next. So, I, World Championships was like in, uh, I want to say July. It was right around my birthday. And uh, and I said, well, I'm going to just go out see what happens. I just want to knock two contestants off. But lo and behold, I, I tripped in and I, I won a world title in 2019. And I was like, it just kind of snowballed from that point. And wow. here, here I am teaching seminars and teaching what what I've learned over years of failure and, and, and success and uh, just being out in the woods and, and trying to cut that learning curve down for – you know, individuals that come out here year after year, five, six years, not successful, non-resident spending $700, $800 for a tag. Sure, yeah. And then not to include the gas money and the mm -hmm. food and all this other stuff. And then they come out here and all they're doing is taking their bow or their rifle for a walk. <laughs> and they never see an elk at all. Yeah. So, you know, that's what yeah. I, my journey started with, you know, of course, winning the world title, but I also trying to give back what I've learned and cut that learning curve down because I've had friends that come out hunting with me and they are successful year in and year out. And without the, me cutting that curve down for them, they probably wouldn't have went through that. They probably would have went through that five-year span where sure. they were like, man, I can't find an elk. Yeah, right? absolutely. So. And, man, this is a competitive field. Just you look at all the calls that are out there. I mean, dude, you walk into somebody's store and there's a shelf after shelf row after row of all these different tubes and you know read calls i mean everything well it's like anything that you you know any kind of clothes or anything yeah. you have to stay competitive every year otherwise mm -hmm. you know your competitors always gaining on you right so you'll see all these variety of a different bugle tubes and all these different varieties of of diaphragms what i would say true stay true to yourself if it works don't change it right but it's also cool to try something new because that might work best for sure, you. Sure, sure. There's so many calls out there on the market, yeah, though. Absolutely. Hey, in today's show, we're going to say it's sponsored by Phelps. All right. Because you that's, yeah, yeah, you uh, you're on the pro staff with them. So uh, we appreciate them. And those guys are great guys and um, everything. So I tell you, 
again, man, we, we could talk for the whole hour, but I want to get you calling, all right? So Perfect. I told Jermaine, hey, this is going to be a non-traditional radio show or an interview and question, interview question, all that kind of thing. I'm just going to turn this over to him and let him um, go through a series of calls. I can already tell uh, we will probably have to do a part two of this as well. But um, Jermaine Hodge is with us if you're just getting in the car turn on the radio. And we are going to go to some elk calling now. So, Bud, just take it over. Okay. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it, Scott. Um, so, you know, like when I'm teaching these uh, these elk calling seminars, I always try to gauge the audience and where they are. And, listen, most of my calls that I'll make today will be with a diaphragm. And you still can make these same calls with your open reads. And you got to understand that, uh, as I said before, is I, I cut my teeth on open reads, and then I just started honing my skills for my diaphragms. But all these calls could be made with, with your open reads. And if you have a gag reflex and you cannot use a diaphragm, please pick up your open reads. Now, those open reads, they look like duck calls. They're not duck calls. They'll, they'll say cow sounds or mature cow sounds, and they'll come with a castration ring on it. Most of the castration rings uh, nowadays are black, um, but they do make uh, green castration rings if you go to your you know local hardware store like ace or or uh, big big r or something those are the same castration rings they use for for cattle and uh mm-hmm. and sheep and stuff like that for for the farmers i like to take that castration ring off but remember if you take that castration ring off you do you will stand a chance of putting this in your bag and it bending that reed so you're gonna have to bend it back um, I like to try to put them in a pocket that they can't wiggle around too much in there um, if I'm going to take my ring off. Um, so I'll take that ring off. And the reason why I take that ring off is I want to utilize the whole mouth read of that open read. And I'm just taking my lips and blowing from one side to the other. As I said before, you can make all these sounds that I'm going to make with the diaphragm with the, the, the open reads too. Now, just giving you a, uh, a rundown of the different calls that they do make. Um, if you, you're not good with the open read, uh, Phelps makes a, a Easy Sucker, and it's a read built into uh, basically a silicone dome, and all you do is inhale instead of exhaling. So on the open read, you would blow with an exhale, just like you would with a duck call. You just want to make that quick sound, and I'm going to do this. Um, hopefully the mic can pick this up. I'm going to blow a cow sound with this open read. And all I'm doing is making that raspy, nice, hey, I'm over here kind of sound with that cow sound. Now, certain open reads, they make calf sounds. And right now I have one in my hand uh, that makes calf sounds. And I'm going to make a calf sound real quick with that open read. And then back to that easy sucker, that inhale, if you get online and you can go to some of your uh, like Sportsman Warehouse or Shields or, or something of that nature and you can find these calls and Phelps makes these calls called easy sucker. It's a diaphragm that's built and cased into this silicone. And all you're going to do is it has a little groove on there. You can use your teeth to, uh, to bite into that little groove and you're going to inhale and it's, it's designed just like your tongue was pushing against that call. But instead of pushing air out, you're gonna inhale 
So it sounds like this, makes perfect calf sounds. So what I'm explaining to you guys, if, if you can't use a diaphragm, there's other tools out there that you can use too. Now, when we start talking about location bugles and going in and trying to get them to, to, to bugle back at you, there's other you know companies out there along with Phelps uh, that makes uh, bugle tubes um, designed for that too. And one of those from Phelps is called the Easy Bugler. It's the same diaphragm encased in and it pops on top of the tube and you can make those location bugles with those two as well and I'll talk about that a little later but what I want to explain is really like where where do you start when you're trying to learn these diaphragms and I tell people all the time I say first you got to understand a diaphragm the diaphragm most diaphragms have a metal a metal case that clamps over that latex and that latex is pulled to a, a certain stretch and each each of them are going to be a little different and then you understand that when you are blowing this call that latex needs to be facing outward don't turn it around and put it in your mouth the opposite way because you will not get a sound so the very front of that call is going to be flat that flat call needs to be facing outward. If you have a dome, it needs to be at the top of your roof of your mouth. If you don't have a dome, you still need that latex facing outward. Now, that metal or that plastic that's encasing that, that latex, it's covered by tape. And that tape can be varied in different colors, and you'll see those different colors. Um, especially when you talk about all these different companies that have all these different uh, diaphragms on the market. Well, when you put that call in your mouth, that tape is going to try to make a, a perfect seal to the top of your mouth. You don't want it to drop off the top of your mouth. So when you put it at the top of your mouth, it should be sealed at the top of your mouth. And if it's not sealed properly or it's hanging over your teeth, I would tell you, um, some people have shorter palate plates than others. Some of them have really deep palate plates. You just have to kind of play around with the diaphragms. And what I like to do is, uh, back in the day when my son was growing up and he was just trying to start using this, I would trim off about an eighth of an inch until it fit to the top of his mm -hmm. mouth so he could make those perfect sounds. I would not go further than an eighth of an inch because then you might overshoot it. So an eighth of an inch at a time get it sealed to the top of your mouth. If it's overhanging on your teeth, you could take a corner off, take a corner off so it's not hanging over the top of your teeth and it's sitting at the top of your mouth. Now, once you have it seated at the top of your mouth, the next thing you want to do is you want to take that your, your tongue, and if it's tickling the tip of your tongue, you probably want to push that call back just a little bit further until you have that perfect, perfect seat at the top of your mouth and your tongue is touching the top of uh, that latex. You want to put pressure on that latex to the point where when you exhale, there's no air escaping outside of it going across that, that latex. And when you have that perfect perfect seal at the top of your mouth and you're blowing, I tell people, start off with like a mosquito sound. It's going to sound like this. And if you can get that mosquito sound, you are well on your way to being able to make those calf and those cow sounds. Understand this, that 
you have to be able to make those sounds. It, it might not happen right away, but if you can make that mosquito sound, then we can start cleaning everything up. Now, as we advance a little further, I tell people we're going to take that mosquito sound. Now we're going to shorten that mosquito sound and we're going to drop it off. We're trying to make this calf sound. The best call in the woods, and you've got to understand this, and I try to humanize all my calls. If you can humanize all your calls, you'll start understanding what these elk are, are saying out there. Or what they're saying and when they're doing it, what time of the year they're doing it too, right? So humanizing all this. Remember this. These calves are like kids that are sitting in the back of your seat and you're driving for three <laughs> to four hours. And they will keep going and talking. And if you go out in the woods and you hear these calves, they sometimes don't even shut up. They just keep going. And they just they remind you of these your kids. And you tell them to be quiet, and they'll be quiet for about five, six minutes, and then they go to talking again. <laughs> are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? And you're like, quiet, please. It's the same way in the woods. You get that baby calf, and that calf loves to talk. And then I really try to humanize it. Kids love playing with kids. If you ever have your kid in the car with you, and you go by a park, and, that, and there's other kids out there, they gravitate to that mm -hmm. stuff. It's just like at school when you, you take your, your son or daughter, they, it's a new place, and then they don't know. And the next thing you know, they got 20 or 30 friends. And you're wondering why. Kids just love playing with kids. That's all it is. So when you make that mosquito sound, all we're going to do is shorten that mosquito sound up, and we're going to drop it off. But remember, that calf doesn't have to shut up, but we're going to make it real simple. Make a couple calf sounds, and then we can go into a scenario where that calf is going into, I'm lost, hey, where you at, mom, and all this other stuff. So that calf sound sounds like this. Shorten it up. Sounds like this. Now, you got that kid in the back of your seat. And it's, you know, hour two into your drive, and, and they just, they're, they're, they're ready to get out of that vehicle. Humanizing all this. This is that calf that's in that woods, and she's saying, Mom, where you at? Hey, I'm over here. Where you at? I don't see you. This is what it's going to sound like. And that's that calf saying, Mom, I just, I, I don't hear you. I don't see you. Once you start humanizing, you'll understand it. When we're out in the woods and you get that lost calf, that lost calf keeps going. Now, I'll give you a quick story real quick, and I try not to go down too many rabbit holes because I know we only got an hour here. I was calling for my wife, and I had my wife with me, and um, we had some bulls going in that particular area, and she only had about four days to hunt. And I said, well, this one ain't too far from camp. Let's go on in there. Let's check this area out. Well, we get over there, and I set her up. The very first time I set her up, I had to change you know, the setup going into the hunt. And uh, I set her up. And next thing I know, I get this calf to answer my calf sounds. Remember what I said, those calves, they, they just sure. like kids. Kids want to play with kids. So... I break out these calf sounds, and remember, and I'll go into this a little bit deeper. I always start off with a calf sound because I don't know 
how far that bull is in there. He could be only 80 yards. Mm -hmm. We snuck in there. And I don't want to go and blow a bugle and he'd be like, hold on now. All of a sudden, you, you, you just show up. So I blow the least invasive call you could blow, and that, that's a calf sound. And I start off with this calf sound when I set my wife up. And sure enough, this calf answers. Calf answers. I said, oh, we're going to have some fun with this one. And remember this, and if you could remember anything, remember this. The calf is going to get that bull killed 90% of the time during the rut because that calf is going to bring mom with him and mom's going to bring big daddy, right? You've got to <laughs> remember this. So I start off with this calf sound. The calf answers back. I said, oh, we're going to have some fun. So I'm pointing at my wife. I said, watch this. So I call this calf in. Calf comes running past me, 10 yards, shoots past me. And what I say before, wee, 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 just going nuts. He was like, hey, where's the kids at? I want to play. And I said, I pointed again at my wife and I said, watch, I'm going to call this calf back. And I made some calf sounds and I called this calf right on back. But this time the calf is close to my wife. So close that my wife was getting a little uncomfortable. Now, this calf was a fully grown calf. It was verge of being almost <laughs> dope size, right. but still that baby. So that's that, that young calf that was born a lot earlier than some of those later calves. If, you see, if you're out there in the woods this September and you see those calves and they still have some of those spots or just look like they, man, that's a little baby. That was a late-born calf. But you'll see some calves out there that were born really early, mm -hmm. and they're just as big as mom sometimes or a little little bit shorter than mom and a little bit not as big. But um, this calf was fairly big and but still doesn't have that mature sound that that, that cow has. And uh, the, that calf got so close, almost touching my wife with this nose. And my wife was linked back, linked back, and then she – kind of give an elbow and the calf jumps back. It's like, I don't recognize that. And then it, it goes running off. But remember this, kids like to play with kids. We never got into any bulls in that area, but we did call a calf in. And I know those elk were not too far sure, from sure. there. Um, but what an amazing story. I wish I had it on film. <laughs> so once we gravitate from like that calf sound, we want to try to make that 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 mature cow sound. And remember this, that mature cow sound is a little bit deeper and a little bit more nasally. As I said before, you can do these same sounds with the open reeds. And, and I'm going to demonstrate on one of these open reeds what that calf, I mean, that cow sound sounds like. It sounds like this. <coughs> and that's that mom saying, hey, I'm over here. Where are you at? Just checking on the herd. And that's that sound that's elongated a little bit. And remember this, all sounds that you make, whether it's a calf sound or a cow sound or a location bugle or a location to chuckles, all of them derive off of a cow sound. None of them start in any different fashion. If you can make that calf sound, you can make that cow sound. So I got this latex, I mean this uh, call seated at the top of my mouth. I'm able to make that calf sound, that little bitty kid in the back of your seat and after I master that calf sound and all it is is trying to push just a certain amount of air across that 
that read. Once I've mastered that calf sound, I want to elongate that just a little bit and make that cow sound. A little deeper, raspier, a little bit more mature. Sounds like this. And you drop it off at the very end. Don't carry that sound. As humans, we like to try to carry the sound. A cow sound, and, and you'll, you'll learn a little bit more later as we talk about the bull sounds, that cow drops that so sound off at the very end. And that's going to carry us into our location bugles because once you throw in that location bugle, it drops off at the very end. So now you got a calf sound and you got a cow sound. You want to intertwine the two, and I like to try to do this, especially during the, the heat of September, is I want to try to sound like multiple elk. Now, you have that calf, that calf is going nuts, and you want to drop in that mom too. It might be a space in there a little bit, mm -hmm. and that calf, that calf sounds like this when she's trying to locate mom. And then I might give it a pause, and then I throw in that deeper sound. That's mom answering babe. Now, once again, I combine the two, just a little space in between it, and now you have two different elk. You have mom and baby. So babe sounds like this, followed by mom answering. In the heat of September, you have those bulls, and they'll they'll they don't want to answer for nothing. Right. What fires I found out what fires a bull up more than anything is those babies. And you get that calf going nuts, and then you follow it with a mom to answer. Now you have a little herd, a dynamic. Now you'll get those bulls to fire off. And it doesn't work all the time, but I found out that calf sounds pretty much reel in those bulls and they'll come in looking but humanizing all this right that's mom sitting in the front seat we own that two-hour drive the baby keeps talking she <laughs> answers him or her hey quiet we're almost there kind of communicating or baby's like hey mom where you at and mom's leading the way and she says come on i told you to get up here right yeah. just humanize all this now we've made that calf sound and that cow sound. We're going to go into a little bit deeper into the, you know, I, I'm going to follow back and hit some of these, some of these, uh, these calf and cow sounds a little later so I don't miss some of these. But um, just as we said before, we might have to do a part two of oh, this. Oh, absolutely. You know, one thing, keep your train of thought yep. there, but one thing real quick. I can't tell you how important I think one thing is you said there because I think so many times we do go out and the first thing we do is blow a bull call uh -huh. and have no idea. And I, I'll be honest, I've never thought about that. What if that bull's 60 yards from you and all of a sudden he's like, what in the world, you know? Well, what we don't do is we don't, when we go into a new location or a location that we, we're going to start at, right? He says, this is where we're going to start. Whatever map platform you have, whether it's your GPS, Onyx, Go Hunt, what, you know, whatever map platform you have. 
me personally, I use my phone now. GPS is a kind of played sure. out unless you just don't have any service. And by then, you can download all those maps right. anyways. And you've pegged out where you wanted to start. You don't leave the truck calling the whole time <laughs> all the way to your starting point. You beat foot and you get to your starting location and then you start from there. Now, there's pl been plenty of times where I'm like, hey, I'm not going to leave the truck without throwing out a bugle. But my starting location still might be a mile away. But what if by some chance there was an elk by the truck? Yes, I'm going to throw out a location bugle or some cow sounds at the truck to see if there's anything by the truck. Of course, you don't leave the fishing dock without throwing Sure. Uh, at least one one time. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, we're going to take a quick break real quick. You're listening to Sportsman Colorado. Jermaine Hodges with us, world champion elk caller. Hey, that's got a nice ring to it, doesn't <laughs> it? All right. We'll take a quick break. Get relief from Flesh and Beck Law. You just got in an accident, so you call the police. You make sure you get a thorough record of the scene. Then after the initial adrenaline wears off, your mind starts to swirl with all the things you need to do. Insurance claims, car repairs, doctor visits, medical bills, on top of the physical pain you're in. Flesh and Beck will give you relief from the financial stress so that you can focus on healing. Call Flesh and Beck immediately after your accident for a free consultation. Then you can rest while they talk to your insurance company. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh will relieve your burden of financial worries. All you need to do is to call him right now at 303-806-8886. Call Kevin Flesh immediately after the accident and get relief from the financial stress of an injury. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. This is KLZ 560 AM, your home station. Welcome back to Sportsman Colorado. If you're just joining us, very special show today. Jermaine Hodge, world champion elk caller, is with us. And uh, Jermaine was down at Colorado, I mean, uh, Florence, Colorado, uh, just a couple weeks ago. We were at the Outdoorsman Days there, and I watched his elk calling seminar and was just super impressed with it. So I called him, invited him on the show, and told him I'd give him the whole hour. So very little of me today, but a lot of Jermaine. And man, he is helping us out already. And today's show is sponsored by Phelps Game Calls. And uh, hey, check them out. There were some great calls. Uh, of course, we're on radio. Tough for you to see here, but um, some great calls here by Phelps. And uh, all that you will hear uh, is by Phelps. So Jermaine, let's pick it back up, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of where I left off at is that location bugle. And I said this before, and I really want you to like humanize this and understand that when we're making a sound, all sounds derive off of cow sound. Your calf sound derives off of cow sound. It's just a shorter cow sound. Your location bugle is an elongated cow sound. You know, start off and it's, it has a stair step to it. I don't like to say the stair step. We're just going to take this elevator up until we hit that high note. And then at the very end of this, we're going to drop it off. Now, once you do this, you take that elongated cow sound and you drop it off, you'll realize that, man, I've just made a cow sound and I just elongated all that. So without the, without the tube, I'm going to demonstrate this. Remember what I said, that mosquito sound? Now we got a little tone with this. This is that cow sound. Elongate it and drop it off at the end. It kind of sounds like this without a, a tube. And at the very end, I'm taking my tongue. I'm getting that more pressure as I'm building up, going up this elevator. 
as I build up and I get this high note and I drop it off at the very end. I take my tongue off the latex and I blow a, a puff of air. Now that puff of air is just me finishing that note. Mm -hmm. It kind of sounds like this again without the two. And I'm over exaggerating that at the very end of that because I want you to kind of, you know, visualize this. Now, when you take a bugle tube, all you're doing is magnifying the call. You're just blowing through a, trumpet, a trumpet. And when you do that and you magnify that call, drop it off at the very end. I'm taking that cow sound, elongate that cow sound, and I drop it off at the end. It's going to sound like this through the tube. And then you have that location bugle. Once I drop that off at the very end, that's all you need. When I'm on those hills and I'm climbing up, and I said this before, those calf sounds, I start off with those calf sounds because I just don't know how far that elk mm -hmm. is, is in there. He might be 60 yards. He might be 80. I start off with those calf sounds. Then I intertwine mom in there with it. So calf and cow sounds. I wait a little bit. I don't hear nothing. Maybe I need to reach out a little further. So maybe I'll take that tube and I'll sound my calf and my cow sounds through that tube and it sounds like this. And all I'm doing is just pushing that sound out a little further. And then if that bull doesn't want to answer, I don't get an answer back, then I throw that location bugle out. Once again, elongate that cow sound. Drop your tongue off the at the end. Remember, going up this elevator, get that high-pitched sound, drop it off at the end. Then you have a location bugle. It sounds like this. Now, I like to try to add a little bit of a deeper voice in the very end of that, and that's mm -hmm. just me. Remember this. When you drop that sound off the very end it's like somebody hitting you in the gut and you just lost all your air Ooh, that's all i'm doing but as you talk about those mature bulls they have a little bit more of a deeper voice to mm -hmm. them and they might throw a growl at the end of it just depends but for a location bugle i just try to drop it off at the end locate elongate that cow sound drop it off at the end and then you have a full location bugle now I sat on the side of this hill, and I didn't get nothing to answer, even with the location bugle. I go straight into a location to a chuckle. Now, remember, all these sounds derive off of a cow sound. And that chuckle is just that end part of that note. And that's me telling that bull, hey, man, I'm kind of frisky. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to throw down here. Or I'm talking to the ladies. Either way, that chuckle is a cadence. And when you put that diaphragm in your mouth and you can make that calf sound and you can make that cow sound, all we're going to do is we're going to take that cow sound and chop it in half. And you're going to inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. Remember, don't... Another rabbit hole. That's okay. Don't... Uh, it's a quick story. I had a... I was over-exaggerating with my wife trying to teach her how to chuckle. And... Um, and I've had a few drinks that night, and we were sitting at the dinner table. This is after dinner, and uh, and I was explaining to her. Remember when I said that you need a proper seal with that 
diaphragm at the top of your mouth. Right. Well, I was explaining to her, and I was over-exaggerating, and uh, I went to inhale, and I inhaled and swallowed it. The call came off the top of my mouth, and I oh. swallowed it straight down. And I'm going to tell you, don't have a few drinks, number one, while you're trying to do this. But if it does go down, it'll come out. It just ain't going to be in the place that you want, right? <laughs> so You don't want to reuse it. Right, you ain't <laughs> reusing it. You ain't reusing it. So as you blow across this, this cow sound, you're going to cut that cow sound in half, and you're going to make a cadence out of it. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And it sounds like this without the tube. And you can hear me kind of fade off at the very end. It really doesn't have to fade off, but I like to make it as realistic as possible. Remember this. We're trying to be as, as realistic as possible. Uh, if we want to get out there and kill an elk, you don't have to sound like a world champ by no means, but you want to sound as, as close as possible to those elk. And remember, they're in the woods 365 days a year, True. surviving through some of the harshest conditions, and they know what elk sound like. So when you're flooded in an area like an OTC area and you have thousands of hunters, the, what separates you between all the rest of them is realistic calls. If you can do that in an OTC unit and sound as good as possible, you will kill elk year in and year out. Yeah. So, once again, you made that cow sound. You cut that cow sound in half, and that cow sound, everything derives off cow sound, you cut it in half, and all I'm going to do is make a cadence out of it. Inhale, exhale. As I inhale, I'm getting ready to push that same air out again. Once again, Without the tube, sounds like this. Now, once I put it through the tube, then you'll have that complete chuckle that's magnified through the tube. And it sounds like this. Remember, we're on the side of that hill I locate that bull with a location bugle, he didn't say anything. I'm picking up the tempo. I never start off by going into the house and start yelling at somebody. I investigate <laughs> with the cash sound. I throw that cow sound in there. I'm waiting. I'm listening. And as nothing's answering, I throw that location bugle out there. I'm just reaching out further. And then nothing answers. I'm throwing that location bugle with the chuckle, and I mix the both of them together, and it sounds like this completely through. Now you have a complete location to a chuckle. Remember, in order for you to be able to do this, you got to be able to master that cow sound first. If you can master that cow sound, then you can go into these chuckles. Now, a lot, a lot of times what we, we don't talk about, and I want to cover this, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit. What we don't talk about is these crazy barks that, you know, these cows and, and bulls mm -hmm. do. Remember, when, when you get out there and you might be moving in the location where that bull sounded off, if they see something, they either leave or they bark. And when they bark, it's not the end of the world, but it's such a, a, a hair-raising sound. And all it is is that, that elongated cow sound dropped off at the end. kind of sounds like this through the tube. 
And that's that cow or bull talking to the herd saying, hey, I see something over here or, hey, something don't seem right. A lot of times you'll get those bulls, you're, you're calling this bull in and he gets to a certain point where he, could, he should be able to see you. And he'll throw out that bark sound after a few minutes of not seeing anything. He should be able to see whatever's calling. So I, we call that the hango spot. They'll get to that hango spot and they don't see anything. They either wander off or they bark. And when they bark, they're saying, show yourself. I've, came, I've come two, 300 <laughs> yards. Show yourself to me. Mm-hmm. And once again, that sound sounds like this. And that's that bull saying, hey, show yourself. I've come all this way. You show yourself. So a lot of people say, hey, you know, when they bark, it's over, right? No, not necessarily. What I try to do is I try to pick my tube up and bark right back at them. If they don't see me, they've not smelled me, then the game's not over. All I'm telling them is, I'm an elk. You show yourself, right? So... For example, that bull came to, you know, from two, 300 yards away, and he gets to that point where he should be able to see you, and he doesn't see you, and he barks at you. All you're going to do is you're going to pick that tube up, and you're going to throw that bark chuckle at him. And it sounds like this. Remember that chuckle that we just done at the end of that location bugle? Mm-hmm. All I'm throwing is a bark with a chuckle. It sounds like this. And I'm telling him, calm down, you show yourself. So I'm pissing him off a little bit. And as he starts coming back to look back, because remember he barked, he's probably going to turn and start trying to walk away, and you bark chuckle at him, he might turn back and give you an opportunity in a, in a, in a window that you could shoot him in. So it's not the end of the world, but what I would tell you is just bark back, be confident in it. A lot of times, you know, those bulls, you don't have the diaphragm, maybe you use an open read or something. And you have uh, that bull, he'll, he'll bark at you. I tell people, yo, at him. Yo. Sounds like this. Yo. That's calming him down and stopping him. He's like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was that? It's just like me barking through that tube. I just yo at him. <laughs> and maybe that stops him just in time for you to get that, that perfect shot on him. Because remember this and humanize all this. If you were walking down on the sidewalk in front of me and you knew it was some people behind you but you didn't know anything and I was behind you maybe uh, let's say 70 yards ah, let's make it a little closer 60 and I yo you'll look back like what was that <laughs> what was that when you yo at them maybe they're getting ready they bark and they're getting ready to leave and you just yo at them they might give that split opportunity for you to take that that opportunity to shoot him, mm-hmm. right? So when the bark when they bark, it's not over. Bark back, calm them down. Um, now that, you know me circling back because I didn't want to miss that step. Sure. And, and um, but cows cows do bark too. So you got to understand the only difference is between a cow bark and and a bull bark is just the, how deep it is. The okay. bulls have big deep voices and their barks will raise your hair. Bark back, calm them down. Maybe it doesn't work out for you at that moment, 
but he doesn't know what you are. He doesn't smell you. Maybe he didn't see you, right? So just just work back is no problem. You, you, you probably didn't work it didn't work out for you that moment, but he's not going to blow out of the country, and you can get back on him later on that evening or whatever it may be. Sure. Now we talk about the chuckles and and that cadence. I want to talk about grunts, and and they're pretty much the same thing. All it is is a, is a bigger cadence. And with that cadence, I'm stepping it out. So remember that cow sounds chopped in half, and then you make that chuckle. Sounds like this through the tube. All I'm taking is that cadence, that short choppy cadence, and I elongate that so you can make it into a grunt. Remember, we're on top of the hill. I locate, nothing. I locate to a chuckle, nothing. It's picking up the pace here. Now I'm going to grunt at the end of the tube. And that grunt sounds like this. Just elongate it. Without the tube, sounds like this. I'm taking that cadence and stepping it out. Now it sounds like this through the tube. Now I'm going to combine that with my location bugle. I'm going to locate out, and I'm going to throw the grunt at the very end of it. Sounds like this. Now, you're going to ask, you can ask a lot of different people, and they'll give you a lot of different opinions. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, you know, when I hear a chuckle, it's more of that that fighting mentality. When you hear that grunt, it's more of I'm talking to the ladies or I'm tending to my ladies. And or I'm showing how how big I really am. Two different meanings, but if you ask different people, you'll get different opinions. Like me, I only speak English. If someone started speaking Russian to me, I wouldn't <laughs> understand it, but I can't what I will tell you is that once again, is humanizing this. I understand body language, and I understand that his tempo is starting to pick up. He's getting a little mad, and that's what we're doing out there in the woods. We're taking the temperature of the elk as we get him to try to locate. And not all the time you're going to be in the areas where you get out and you do a calf sound, you do a cow sound, or you do a location bugle, and then you go into all these steps that I'm talking about where you get one to answer. If there's no elk in the area, there's no elk sure. in the area, right? right. We got to understand that we – we're trying to get them to sound off to give them their location. I didn't glass. I couldn't see his thick timber. I don't know what's in there. I'm just trying to get one to sound off. It's the same as if we went through the turkey woods. We didn't hear nothing, and we throw out whatever call to just get them to sound off so we know where they are. We just want them to give their location away. Mm -hmm. And then that's when the real hunt starts. Now we got to close that location using the wind in our favor and then possibly fool them to sound like an elk to bring them in within shooting distance. Sure. Now, now keep keep your thought. I kind of want to get you off, but um, sometimes you say, "Okay, I want to act like a bigger bull, or I want to act like a smaller bull, sound like a smaller bull." Um, I want to act, you know, maybe they want to fight. Then do I blow back that same call? How often do you try to emulate exactly what the other bull is saying to you? Right. I'm a, it's a two part question, and I'm gonna answer okay. both of those. The first the first part of that question is I'm not 
trying to outblow him. I don't want to sound bigger than him. Okay. I want to sound at the same tempo. So a lot of times you'll get out there, and you'll, especially here in Colorado, and you, you're, you're in an OTC unit. Let's just say you got an OTC tag. You're trying to fill this tag. Sure. And when you go out there and you get this bull to, to sound off and it sounds like a little wimpy bull, then you probably need to sound like a little wimpy bull because the minute that you sound overpowering and overthreatening, what you just done is you scared that bull away. So not every bull, because some bulls mm -hmm. have a little attitude about sure. it. But you'll get, I've been in a situation where I've overpowered the bull, and I knew the bull sounded a little small, and the bull kind of wanders off like, I'm not ready for that. You sound way too big for me. So what I try to do is I try to keep it right at the same level or below him. And if I could do that, then I could fool that bull into thinking I'm a little smaller than he is. Another thing, too, is sounding exact. Whatever he does, I mimic everything. So if he chuckles at me, I chuckle back. If he location chuckles, I locate chuckle back. I try to mimic everything. What I like to do a lot and, and humanize this is if Scott was here talking to me and I just kept interrupting Scott. That's exactly what I try to do out in the woods. Because after a certain point, Scott's going to be like, can I talk? Can I talk? That's what you do out there in the woods. Right. So if you really want to tick him off, go out there. He sounds off. Keep interrupting him. If he locate, locate back. If he locate, locate chuckle back. Before he can finish his bugle, you interrupt him. And believe it or not, if you did this in, in the real world, you'd piss a lot of people off. <laughs> So that's why you, you should say, excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt you, right? Let them talk so you can hear what they got to say because they may have something important to say. In the woods, that rule does not apply. Cut him off immediately. It will tick him off enough to bring him in. Now, once you learned all that, you got your chuckles, you got your, 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 your grunts with your location bugles, and nothing's getting him to sound off. I like to go into a little nasty bull that, and I, we call this lip ball. And that lip ball is very hard to do. And I, I explain this to people that that lip ball, you have to do two things at once. Remember that, that, that cow sound, elongating that cow sound. Now you have to add a sputter from your lips. And that sputter is going to say, don't do this in front of your friends because you might spit on them, right? You don't want to do this. Early. Hey, I got that lip bar. I got my, my lips <laughs> going. Remember, practice. You already you know how to do your cow sound, but practice that lip sputter. And that sputter sounds like this. <laughs> now, I like to explain it like this because multitasking is man invented. We like to do two, three things at once. And some are very good at that. Me, I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Because if you're trying to talk to me and I'm trying to talk to somebody else on a text message, I can't think and hear you at the same time. It doesn't work for me. You can ask my wife. My wife would be like, are you listening? Right. No, give me one second. I need to finish this because sure. I'm thinking. So you're trying to do two things at once. That's, that's why this, it makes this call difficult. So I'm trying to sputter my lips and make that cow sound. So without the tube, it sounds like this. Remember that drop off at the very end. And then when you magnify this, that's that nasty bull that is coming through the woods and you heard him. And he's, he's just growling at the end of his voice. And it sounds like this through the tube. 
That's that display. I'm showing him I'm I'm way bigger and badder. Now, you ask me how many times I've used this in the woods. I've only used it a few times. But what I said before, I like to try to mimic them. Mm-hmm. If they lip ball at me, I'm going to lip ball back. I want to sound at his level or just below him, right? And I can promise you, when you hear that in the woods, you're stuck for life. <laughs> yeah. That sound is amazing. Exactly. Um, so let's recap on a few things, and then i got a couple more things to cover because what I what I don't want to do is miss anything. So we talked about the calf sounds. Everything derives off of are your cow sounds. And that calf sound is a cow sound cut in half. And then that cow sound is a little bit more mature sound. And you can make all these sounds with any open reeds or uh, the easy sucker. And you can make all those sounds. We don't want to forget the barks because the barks derive off of cow sound too. They just, you know... Hair-raising sounds that scare you in the woods. And you're like, what was that? Um, and then you got that location bugle, which is that elongated, elongated cow sound. Mm-hmm. We got to remember to drop that sound off the very end so we can sound as realistic as possible. And then we got those chuckles, which is that cow sound cut in half. Once again. <coughs> I say this, if you really want to separate yourself from the average person, when you learn how to chuckle, you will fool a lot of bulls. But when you hear somebody else out in the woods, somebody that's a beginner caller that hasn't been calling as much, and you hear them chuckle, they might have a great location bugle. They might fool you at the beginning. Sure. And then when they hit that, that chuckle, you're like, that's a human. <laughs> but I've been, few, I've been fooled a few times. Right. I've been fooled a few times, but... I can tell you, you can separate yourself a lot by learning how to do that cadence of that chuckle. And then you got those grunts, the elongated sounds. And then those elongated grunts and those chuckles are a little different. They just, those grunts are stepped out. It's a stepped out cadence. And then I'm going to go a little further into it. I don't know how much time we got, Scott. We got about three or four minutes left here, but we're going to do part two. Okay. Uh, okay, perfect. But, yeah, you know, taking that mosquito sound and making that mosquito sound okay. and advancing it from there, and then you'll be able to make these sounds. Wow. Let me ask you this, because how often, once you call, do you try do you just stand in that location for for several minutes or whatever? Because, I mean, as you know, you talk about a good GPS the bulls they have, they know exactly where you are, man. They can come right to that bush where you blew the call. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how often do you move then? I mean, if the bull sounds like he's coming to you, you stay put. If the bull seems like he's walking off, do you go after him? What do you? That's a great question, and, and it, I'm going to answer it as a two-part question. I'm going to answer it as if I was solo hunting. If I was solo hunting and I get on that ridge top and I make that calf sound, that cow sound, nothing happens. I locate bugle and then he pops off. He gave up his location. Maybe he's, you know, two, three hundred yards away. Just a guesstimate, but two or three hundred yards away. I use the wind in my favor. I start moving in that location. Now I've covered 150 yards. He hasn't made a sound again. Now I got to start from the very beginning. Calf, Mm -hmm. cow sound. Now, I start off with the calf sound, and he answers. Remember, I've closed 150 yards on him. I'm a solo hunter. He knows exactly where that sound is. If I think he's coming, I made that sound, he located back, I need to move 30 to 40 yards away from that sound because 
he will peg exactly where you are. I don't know what it is. <laughs> they got this internal GPS. They know exactly where that sound came from, and they're ahead to that direction. If it's inviting and they're ready to come over to that call, but remember, as a solo hunter, you have to move that 30 to 40 yards to get away from where you just called because he's going to come and he's going to peg you down. And remember those hang-up spots, too. So if I move 30 to 40 yards and the hang-up spot was a little bit behind me, it's perfect. He's going to come right past mm -hmm. me. But if there's another hang-up spot, and you can create this hang-up spot again if you make another sound. If you moved, you made that sound, that calf sound, he sounds off again, and you moved 20, 30 yards, and you called again, you just changed the hang-up spot to your location. Now you got to move again. So a lot of times when I'm solo hunting and I get him to sound off and I move in his location and I can't peg him down, I moved 150 yards, I need to locate him again, I start off small, calf sounds, he answers, then I move 20, 30 yards from where I sounded off and I'm waiting and listening and looking. I'm looking for sticks, I'm looking for legs, maybe I'm on my knees, I'm paying attention. I'm not going to make a sound again because what's more irritating is I got him to go off and he's going off good. And then next thing I know, I shut up. He's going to come into that location, and he might be right on top of you. Now, as a, as a partner hunting, and I'm with you, Scott. I'm with you. You're set out in front of me. I'm doing the calls. Got you out there. We got this bull to sound off. I might start fading back. And I play the fade away. I'm like, hey, I'm leaving him because I don't want you ladies with him. A lot of times that pulls that bull right into your lap. But what I wouldn't want you to do is make a, make a sound at all. I want him to hear me and keep communicating with me. That, either, that gives you two things you can do. You could either set up in that location and wait for him to come in, or it allows you to get a little closer because he's still talking. So you didn't say nothing. He don't even know you there. You got the wind in your favor. Maybe you can sneak in and get a little tighter. As he starts coming past you, that opens an opportunity for you because you didn't make a sound. He has no clue you there. He only knows that I'm there. Right. Does that answer that question? Absolutely. Man, I wish we had another hour. But you know what? Hey, next week, we're going to wrap up with a, a sh little shorter segment. But, hey, we're going to wrap up a few things we didn't get to cover today. But, Jermaine, thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Hey, it's that time. Good luck to everyone. Thanks for being with us today. for. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.